breaking news from KXAN News. And thanks for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Brett Marino. And I'm Daniel Marine. Breaking news off the top, the Austin Police Department's Sex Crimes Unit has released this sketch of a man they say is responsible for a series of burglaries with intent to commit sexual assault. And take a look, this happened in Northeast Austin. The targets were apartments near Berkman Drive and US 290. If you recognize this man, call police. Texas state lawmakers returned to the Capitol for the 88th legislative session today. And it looked a lot different from the last session when the pandemic overshadowed the typical pomp and circumstance. KXN's Monica Madden is live for us at the Capitol. And Monica, we do have a House speaker, right? Yes, we do. Unlike Washington, D.C., it took just one day and one ballot to elect a Speaker of the House here at the Texas Legislature. And, of course, the next 140 days will bring those partisan battles and debates over how to spend the budget. But for today, leaders try to focus on what unites Texans. It's just like the first day back to school. Friends reunite, there's a roll call for the old and new members, and family take photos to remember the day. But it's the strike of the gavel. Order! to signal classes starting with a seasoned teacher sharing words of advice. Jane Nelson, welcome back to the House. Former state senator and newly appointed secretary of state reminding members of their duties. No matter where you come from, we are all Texans. Amid the ceremonies and speeches, you'll find some distracted and tired students. While House members chose the same class president for a second term, 143 to 3 votes. Our freshman class of 2023, congratulations. A crowded chamber marking a stark difference from the COVID era session in 2021. Leaders alluded to today's hardships, including last May's mass school shooting in Uvalde. We owe it to the memory of those children and teachers to make sensible, meaningful change. But today in this school of lawmaking, Speaker Dade Phelan focused on paths of agreement ahead. The work is demanding, but it is noble. The work is necessary. And because we have the privilege of doing it for the people of Texas, I know we will get it done together. Now, we also heard for the first time about Speaker Phelan's priorities for this session. Over in the Senate, we also had similar ceremonies and all of the pomp and circumstance, but we heard a little bit from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. I want to point out that he's already laid out, of his, laid out his priorities for the session even before we started. So now all we have left is to hear from Governor Greg Abbott about what he wants lawmakers to immediately get started on within the next three months. Daniel Jen. All right, Monica Madden, thank you so much. President Joe Biden is on the world stage today, attending the North American Leader Summit in Mexico City. And back in Washington, he is under fire for classified documents discovered at a think tank where he had an office before becoming president. Here's NBC's Alice Barr. President Biden in Mexico today focused on strengthening ties with the president of Mexico and prime minister of Canada. We're achieving some really significant things. But the summit on migration, trade and climate change is overshadowed by President Biden's domestic troubles. The president ignored shouted questions this morning about the investigation into what White House lawyers call a small number of classified documents found in a locked closet and an office he used before becoming president at a Washington think tank. President Biden's personal lawyers discovered the documents, apparently from his time as vice president, just days before the midterm elections. And while the White House says it notified the National Archives right away, the information is only now becoming public. 
those classified documents were known before the election and was intentionally concealed to the Americans. I think that's wrong. Republicans quick to draw comparisons to the investigation of former President Trump's mishandling of classified material, which President Biden has called irresponsible. It appears he did the same thing. The Trump case involves hundreds of classified documents the FBI ultimately seized from Mar-a-Lago after the former president and his team resisted repeated requests to hand them over, even after being subpoenaed. The potential crime here has to do with obstruction, that is, with not responding to an investigation and trying to uh, obscure it. That's the exact opposite of what Biden's done. The White House Counsel's Office says it's cooperating and committed to doing this the right way. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. California Representative Katie Porter says she will seek the U.S. Senate seat of fellow Democrat and the oldest member of the chamber, Senator Dianne Feinstein. In a video posted on Twitter today, Porter said that, quote, especially in times like these, California needs a warrior in Washington. Porter was first elected to Congress in 2018. Feinstein is 89 years old and has faced questions about her age, her health, and whether she will seek another term. Feinstein has not announced whether she will seek re-election in 2024. Thousands in California have fled their homes as severe weather continues to batter the state. In Chatsworth last night, that's a suburb of L.A., a sinkhole opened up and swallowed two cars. Four people ended up inside that hole. Two of them climbed out, but a mother and daughter could not. Rescue crews used ladders and ropes to pull the other two to safety. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. And here's a view of that sinkhole in Chatsworth from the air. Incredible. Some areas near Los Angeles yesterday received nearly eight inches of rain. That's about 75% of their average annual rainfall. So you can see why some of the infrastructure not necessarily built for that. What a terrifying uh, ordeal that must have been. Okay, to your local weather, uh, things are really quite warm out there today, actually near records. 86 is the record. We hit 84, only two degrees shy out at the airport. It was 81 degrees, falling five degrees short of the record, which also stands at 86. Temperatures a little cooler east of I-35, but still a very warm day in the 70s. 80 plus degrees from I-35 westward, even in the mid 80s in the 281 corridor in Marble Falls. This is because of the sunshine, the dry air, and a warm southwest wind. Still blowing this evening at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Coming up in your forecast, I'll show you record highs that I do expect in Austin tomorrow, tracking a cold front. I'll show you how much the temperatures drop and when the cedar allergies really flare up. Daniel? All right, David, thank you very much. Our news partners at the Texas Tribune are reporting that tonight's execution of Robert Frada, a former police officer who hired two men to kill his wife, may be off. A Travis County judge has issued an injunction barring prison officials in Huntsville from conducting executions with expired drugs. The execution was set for 6 p.m. Prison officials are expected to immediately appeal this decision. A judge has sentenced the former chief financial officer for the Trump Organization, Alan Weisselberg, to five months behind bars for dodging taxes on $1.7 million in company-paid perks. That's all in line with the plea agreement he made last summer. And as part of that agreement, Weisselberg has paid nearly $2 million in taxes, penalties, as well as interest. He'll also serve five years probation. The Trump Organization continues to pay 
pay Weisselberg $640,000 a year in salary. A Romanian court has upheld the 30-day arrest of internet personality Andrew Tate on charges of organized crime, human trafficking, and rape. Tate is a former professional kickboxer with both U.S. and British nationality. He had been kicked off social media for his misogynistic remarks and hate speech, but had his Twitter account reinstated in November after Elon Musk's takeover. Where did the money come from? The new complaint against a newly elected GOP congressman from New York filed with the House Ethics Committee today. Also, what some of the best hostage negotiators in the country are doing here in Central Texas this week. And some new plans to help make student loans less of a burden for those who borrow. Freshly elected New York Congressman George Santos could face yet another investigation, this time from Congress. Raquel Martin tells us about the formal complaint filed today against the freshman Republican with the House Ethics Committee. Tuesday, Democrats formally requested the House Ethics Committee investigate freshman Republican Congressman George Santos. Santos needs to be held accountable for his lies. New York Democrats Daniel Goldman and Richie Torres filed a formal complaint claiming Santos failed to file timely and accurate financial disclosures. He claims to have earned millions of dollars from clients, yet none of those clients were disclosed on his congressional disclosure as required by federal law. This is not a partisan issue. While some Republicans, like South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson, support looking into Santos. I don't think George Santos should be seated on committees until there's been a full ethics investigation. Tuesday, House Republican leadership signaled they plan to address the matter privately. Obviously, there were concerns about uh, what we had heard. And so we're going to have to sit down and talk to him about it. But Democrats are skeptical Republican leadership will take any action after Santos helped elect Kevin McCarthy as speaker last week. They have wrapped their arms around him. On his way to the House floor, Santos dodged reporters, but earlier said he has done nothing unethical or wrong. I, I don't think anyone on either side of the aisle will believe anything that George Santos has to say, but the documents will speak for themselves. In Washington, Raquel Martin. Well, a warm day, also another dry day. Today marks seven days since our last measurable rainfall of any amount, and we have not had a large amount this year. We're already almost an inch behind schedule. After a week of dry weather, we may go another week without rain, but some big changes in temperature coming up next in your forecast. Some of the best hostage negotiators in the country are on the Texas State University campus this week. They're training and competing. And KXAN Sarah Alshay takes us inside the crisis negotiation competition. Give me what I've asked, and that's it. 29 crisis negotiation teams, each tasked with solving real-world hostage situations. We heard gunshots. Yes. Do you need any kind of medical attention? The scenarios aren't real, but they're made to feel like they are. The faces behind the voices on the phone. Everyone will be all right if you just do something. Texas State University students. I've asked over and over. Judges evaluate the groups, give them feedback, and rank them. They come from all over the world, but the Hayes County Crisis Negotiation Team didn't have to travel far. I work on our active listening skills, 
and ultimately resolve the situation peacefully. Hayes County Deputy Garrett Dominguez says this training is just one way they prepare. I believe last year we had around 20 call-outs, what we call barricaded subjects. Um, we did have a couple uh, hostage situations. First-time crisis negotiator Antoine Lindsay admits to getting frustrated at times. Sometimes you want to just hang the phone up yourself. But he says this will better prepare him for the real thing. Keeping them on the phone, figuring out anything that they need if anyone's hurt. Hayes County ranked second last year, so they're vying for the top spot this time around. But beyond the scores, they say the real prize is the experience. They really try to raise our stress levels and really test us. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. The best news of the day, in my humble opinion, the <laughs> weather. It is so nice out there. Are it's, we breaking any wet records either? Uh, almost. And okay. I think tomorrow, Jen and Daniel, we could with even warmer weather. I can feel the air conditioner blowing on me right now in the studio. This is supposed to be the coolest time of the year. It just has not been. Look at the beautiful capital, the UT campus. 81 degrees right now, almost dinner time on the Austonian weather cam. It's 85 in Horseshoe Bay. We had a high today in Kingsland of 88 degrees. Still 85 in Mason, waiting on the Lano sensors antenna to be replaced still. Metro area, 80 degrees or above from I-35 westward in Travis and Williamson counties. 82 even in Georgetown, east of I-35. It's actually cooler out here, kind of a reverse of what we sometimes see. Temperatures at 75 in Smithville. This is because there's more moisture in the air, higher dew points. That air is hard to heat up into the 80s on a day like today. The brown colors and lower numbers on the dew point map, that's lower humidity. Drier air is a bigger swing easier from cool days to cool nights rather into these warm days. Look at the pollen count cedar high mold low after one day of a little bit of respite during the peak of cedar season. It's on the rise again and I think it gets even worse about 24 hours from now. Let me show you why the clouds and radar showing clear skies locally. We've got another storm hammering California. San Francisco Airport had a 69 mile per hour severe thunderstorm wind gust this morning over 13 inches of rain in the Central Valley and flooding concerns only getting worse. Ahead of that series of storms, though, we have the opposite. We have a southwesterly flow, very warm wind for us in this area. That's going to lead to warm days again tomorrow. The fog could be a problem for some of us again tomorrow morning. So factor this into your morning commute. 6 a.m. We've got some low visibilities east of I-35. Fog creeps into parts of the Austin metro. May even see another dense fog advisory like we saw this morning. After sunrise, though, the fog mixes out pretty quickly. And heat is again the story after a warmer morning in the upper 50s to 60s. Look where we end up in the afternoon. Again, from Austin westward, well into the 80s. Some of these mid-80s, I think, drag into the Austin area another day in the 70s east of I-35. But if you don't like the heat, then wait until tomorrow night. We've got a quiet, dry, cold front blowing through by the time you wake up Thursday morning. That drops our temperatures from near record or record levels tomorrow in the 80s back down to what we'd expect this time of the year in the 60s for a couple of days. Unfortunately, not a drop of rain coming with this front tomorrow night and completely dry weather in your forecast for the next seven plus days. Not good news for the drought conditions. The main impacts from this Thursday cold front a 20 degree drop in temperatures and gusty north winds. This has a couple of impacts. Cedar pollen levels are going to spike, possibly to the highest of the season so far. High wildfire danger, also a big concern. Again, this is not tomorrow. It's with the Thursday colder wind blowing in.
All right, tonight's forecast 57 degrees with a few low clouds and some fog, mainly east of the downtown area. Winds light from the southwest, then record heat possible tomorrow. Highs in town as warm as 86. Record high stands at 85, set back in 1990. The gusty winds from the south-southwest really fuel that heat along with the sunshine. Another windy day on Thursday, but those are north winds, cooling temperatures down significantly. Highs down in the 60s Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and what a beautiful holiday weekend we've got as we look toward Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday. Notice we go from a cool start on Saturday morning with lows of 37 in town, a rural freeze Saturday morning outside of central Austin, to warm temperatures returning by Monday afternoon and Tuesday of next week. Temperatures eventually climb back to near record levels for this time of the year. Uh, David, thank you very much. Just ahead, the new plans to limit how much those with student debt have to pay each month. Education department officials are proposing a new student loan safety net plan, all to prevent people from getting overloaded with debt. It calls for lower monthly payments. If finalized, it would cap payments for undergraduate loans at 5% of pay for those who borrow. Also, unpaid interest would not be added to their loan balance as long as they make their monthly payments. And it would also offer an easier path to loan forgiveness by erasing all remaining debt after 10 years for those who took out $12,000 or less in loans. Cries for help have been pouring into the 988 Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Hotline since it launched six months ago. Since July, it's received just over 2 million calls, texts, and chat messages. The number of centers answering calls from Spanish speakers also grew from three to seven by the end of last year. And a pilot line dedicated to LGBTQ plus youth started taking calls in September and plans are underway to expand the service even further. The helpline was created with bipartisan support in Congress. More than 7,000 nurses at two of New York City's largest hospitals are on strike for a second day over what the nurses union calls chronic understaffing and wages that are not high enough to compensate. Nurses turned down an offer of a 19% wage increase over the next three years. 7% the first year, 6% the second, and 5% the third. On the picket line, some nurses said they care for up to 10 patients at a time, twice as many as they should. Others said they are forced to skip bathroom breaks and some complained of forced overtime because of staffing shortages. One of the hospitals says the union's focus on nurse to patient ratios ignores the progress it made to attract and hire more new nurses despite a global shortage of health care workers. All right, tonight on KXAN, it's the Golden Globe Awards beginning at 7 p.m. hosted by comedian Gerard Carmichael. And then we're back right after the show with KXAN News at 10. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW Austin. And here's where you can find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.